Hey friend, I'm Robin May and a few of the professional hats that I wear includes being a transformational speaker, a life coach, and a licensed therapist. And personally, well, I'm a wife, a mommy to three girls, and a pastor's wife, just to name a few. Girl, I'm over here doing all the things while trying to stay in shape and keep my skin clear. But the truth is, I don't want to be known for being busy. I think that's a scheme that somebody set up. No, I want to be known for living a life that is in perfect alignment with what God intended. And I want to help you do the same. So it's with that in mind, I'd like to welcome you right here to Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. Over here, we're creating a safe space to have real conversations with real women on real topics. This is a judgment-free zone where we can be vulnerable and honest and curious about our lives so that we can elevate not just what we do, but who we are. So if any of that resonates with you, again, welcome to our safe space. This is Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. Hey, sis, one more thing before we get started. Listen, a few years ago, I started asking women to define what happiness means to them. And when I tell you, I was shocked how hard it was for women to put into words their happiness. And the truth is, I could relate to it, girl. Life can sometimes get so crazy that it's hard to be clear on what happiness looks like and feels like to you. And so with that in mind, I created the absolutely free five-day Define Your Happy Challenge. I am on a mission to help 1,000 women define their happy. So if you're ready to get clear about what makes you happy, head on over to defineyourhappy.com. Okay, that's it for real now, y'all. Let's get started with this week's episode. Well, hey, sis, welcome to Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. If you are a returning friend, girl, I am so happy you are still hanging out with me. Girl, DM me and let me know that you keep rocking with me. Instagram is Robin May Online. Listen, if you are a new friend, I am so happy that you are here and that you are checking us out. And I really believe you're going to get an aha from our conversation. So today we are doing what I describe as a standalone conversation. Now, if you've been rocking with us for a while, you know what I'm about to share with you. But if you are new here, I want to let you know kind of how we flow over here on intentional conversations. What we're going to do with this conversation or with this podcast, with this community, we're going to lean into a certain topic for four, maybe six, sometimes seven weeks. We're going to really unpack it. I'm going to invite friends to help us unpack it. And then we'll move on to the next topic. But every so often we'll have what I call a standalone conversation where we just talk about that thing and we move on to the next. And that's what we are doing today. Today, our standalone conversation is going to be all about people pleasing. Now, if you rock with me on Instagram, you know that on Mondays we do what is called the thought for the week, where I give you a thought just to consider for the week. Sometimes, baby, it lands on Tuesdays. And then on Fridays or sometimes Saturdays, we get in the lab. Getting in the lab is what I call the work I do with clients, whether they are coaching clients or clinical clients, is the work I do with people. And when we get in the lab, we're getting in the lab to understand ourselves, honey. I want you to get a PhD in you. We put on our lab goggles, we put on our lab coat, honey, and we start paying attention to ourselves. And every so often, those topics really resonate, and we then upload it to my YouTube channel. 
now that we've started the podcast, when that conversation really resonates, I'm going to make sure we make it a podcast episode. And so that's what's happening today. It was such a hot topic when we talked about people pleasing, baby. Y'all were in my DMs. Y'all were emailing me. So I knew I wanted it to be a topic for the podcast. Now, if you listened to it on Instagram, don't worry, honey, you're going to get some new information as I unpack it. Now, I'm ready to dive into this conversation and I really want to get into it because it's such an interesting topic and there's a lot of ways that we can go with this. But I want to start by saying what's so interesting to me is that people pleasing is often something that women in particular struggle with or find themselves battling. Now, I'm going to define what people pleasing is, but first, let's talk about why people pleasing often shows up for women more than it does for men. I believe some of that reason is cultural. You know, as women, we were raised to be caretakers and raised to be sacrificial and to die to ourselves. Honey, that's why our first topic or series for the podcast was motherhood, martyrs, and mental health. Because so often as women, we play the martyr role. I'm not going to even get into defining that, but you know what I mean. And women often, watch this, we often find our value in how we serve and how we take care of other people. Now, let me pause here because that doesn't mean that people pleasing doesn't occur in men. It does. It just doesn't happen as often and it shows up differently for men. But baby, this conversation is for the sisters. And so I want to stay there. So again, we often find our value in our worth and how we take care of others. And if we're really honest, you know, over here, we are very honest. If we're honest, the truth is we judge ourselves and we judge others based on deeply rooted cultural norms. And I'm always sensitive about that because when I say that, I never want to suggest that we get rid of cultural norms or that we get rid of what mom and them taught us because mom and them were wise and we need to hold on to some of those values. But I truly believe we have to pause and pay attention. You knew I was going to say that. We have to pause and pay attention to why we are doing what we are doing and if it's really a healthy norm that we are repeating. So let me give you an example. Many of us grew up with the cultural norm that the wife does everything. You know, when I hear women say, you know, my husband is my other kid, it really irks me <laughs> because I, I don't want that to be her, her reality. I don't want your man to feel like he's your child. I don't want you to treat him as a child. And so what often happens, women feel like that because they have accepted or brought into the idea that the woman has to do everything. I cannot tell you how common it is for a wife to sit on my counseling couch and to a lament about how exhausted she is and how tired she is. And so when I began to unpack that with her, I start to ask her, tell me about your day-to-day -day life. And sis starts telling me that she does all the things. She works a full-time job. She handles all the responsibility for the children. She does all the cleaning in the house. She does all the cooking in the house. And she's wondering why she is exhausted. And then, y'all, when I begin to challenge that pattern, there seems to be a resistance. 
But why is there a resistance? Because that wife has bought into the idea of what it means to be a good woman and what it means to be a good wife without, without first making sure that that idea is biblical in the first place. Listen, we are women of faith over here and we wanna make sure that we see our lives through a lens of what honors God. And so I first want her to consider is how you are showing up is that even biblical when you think about what it means to be a good wife? And then second, I want her to make sure that it is aligned with who she really wants to be. Because hear me, if sis tells me she is okay with doing all of that, if she tells me that's how she wants to show up, then high five girl, do your thing. But if that's the case, then you may be tired, but you wouldn't be as frustrated as you are. You may be tired, but you wouldn't be as resentful as you are. So often it's not how she really wants to show up. She's just bought into the idea that that's how she has to show up to be considered a good wife or a good mom. And so what I want you to consider when we talk about people pleasing, it's often a issue for women because we found our worth and we found our value in how we serve others. Okay. So during our time together, I'm going to actually share with you the six reasons people fall victim to people pleasing. And then I'm going to share with you six things you can do to shift that behavior if it's no longer working for you. Now, don't take my word for it. I want you to consider is people pleasing working for you. Now, clinically, I have an answer for that, but I'm going to let you do your own work, sis. And so I'm going to share with you the six reasons people often find themselves falling victim to people pleasing. And then I'm going to share with you six ways to shift that behavior. So I want to make sure you listen all the way to the end. Okay. Now, because this is such a prevalent conversation, I did create a PDF where you'll see those six reasons listed, six questions you can ask yourself, and then the six things you can do to shift the behavior. So if you want to get that PDF, go to robinmayonline.com slash podcast. When you scroll down that page, you will see a resources tab. Click there and you will be able to go to episode seven to get this download. Okay, but I want to first talk about why this shows up for women more than men a little bit more. Let's talk about that. Let's unpack that a little bit more. Okay, so again, remember by itself, hear me when I say this, by itself, there is nothing wrong with service being a core value for you. Because see, someone is listening to this and they're thinking, but wait, Robin, I like helping others. And girl, I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, that is honorable. Remember, I started this conversation by saying that people really need to understand where people pleasing is coming from. And often in part, there's some other reasons we're going to talk about that shortly, but in part, it starts because we found our value and our worth and how we show up with people. But by itself, there's nothing wrong with service being a core value for you. In the life course, which is the course I created to help you get a PhD in you, in the life course, I teach about values. And I teach that there are core and character values. Your character values are who you are. And you wanna know 
what your character values are, just who you are. And then your core values are those values that motivate you. And when you do your value work, you'll understand why this is so important. Your values is what matters most to you. Now, just as a side note, when you're doing your values work, it doesn't mean that those other values don't matter to you. This is what matters most to you. So service may be a core value for you. It may be what motivates you, making others feel good, finding ways to make someone's life easier or better, feeling called to help others fulfill their dreams. And so you come along as a support to somebody's vision. And all of us, quite frankly, as people of faith, should have a heart for service. But we know that there are people who are uniquely gifted to serve in very practical ways. So being a woman that is passionate about serving others, quite frankly, is a beautiful thing. There are people who come alongside the work I do and they help serve to make sure that I can take the work I do to the next level. That is a beautiful thing. But the challenge is when your heart of service is not consecrated and led by God. Now keep a pin there because I'm gonna talk about this later on in our conversation, but I'm gonna say that part again. The challenge is when your heart of service is not consecrated or led by God. So listen, when your heart of service is not guided by God, it can eventually be motivated by your own internal wounds and your own hurt. It can be motivated by a desperate need to be loved and a, again, a desperate need to find value. And it's not coming simply out of the goodness of your heart. Okay, let me pause, girl, because I'm sure as I said that to you, something is rising up for you. You're starting to feel some kind of way like the young people say. So I want you to take a deep breath. Now, remember, over here on Intentional Conversations with Robin May, my prayer is that we are creating a safe space where we can be vulnerable and honest and curious about our lives. Remember, curiosity is the key. We have to be courageous enough to pause and pay attention to our story so that we can get to the root of what we are experiencing so that we can understand why we do what we do. And sometimes that's not gonna be comfortable. And so that's why I've created the Life Academy so that we can really delve into these topics more and you can ask questions, you can talk about what's coming up as we are talking about this. So I wanna say what I said again, and I want you to really listen to the heart of what I'm saying. Often as women, we can get caught up with people pleasing and it's because we've been conditioned to serve others so much so that we find our value and our sense of worth and how we show up for others. And the truth is there's nothing wrong with service being a core value for you. The challenge is if we don't consistently allow God to guide how we serve others, when it is not consecrated by God, our stuff, our issues can begin to fuel our service. So what is our stuff? Our insecurities, our wounds, our need to be loved, our longing to be valued and appreciated. 
So we do and we do and we do. And often we don't realize that we are doing something because deep down we are desperately seeking something. And we do until we're absolutely done, girl. We're exhausted, we're frustrated, we're bitter, we're annoyed, we're all the things. And that is why people pleasing can be dangerous to our souls. Now, listen, that is why you hear people saying things like this. See, I'm always there for everyone else and nobody is ever there for me. Or I just can't find me in anyone else. You know, we say that I can't find me in anyone else. I'm always the one. Y'all, that's where the hurt begins to come from. Now, don't get me wrong. Folks will try to take advantage of you. But honey, when you've done your work and you understand why you're doing what you're doing and you're consecrating your gift, they may try, but because you have boundaries, we're going to talk about that in a minute, because you have very clear boundaries and you understand when you show up, why you're showing up, then that impact won't happen as frequently. They may try to take advantage of you, but just because they try doesn't mean they do. All right. Whew. Okay, sis, I know. I know that's a lot. We in there now. Let me go ahead and define what people pleasing is. One definition for people pleasing is this. When you do what pleases or benefits everyone else at your own expense, it is an unbalanced response to attending to the needs of others and neglecting your own needs. Baby, that definition gets me every time. Y'all know I'm a preacher, so I'm gonna give it to you again. People pleasing is when you do what pleases or benefits everyone else at your own expense. It is an unbalanced response to attending to the needs of others and neglecting your own needs. Girl, can we stop and just think about that for a moment? With that definition, would you consider yourself a people pleaser? Now, what's interesting is I never would have described myself as a people pleaser for so many reasons. But what I've come to understand is that I fall victim to it in my own way. And it doesn't necessarily show up with me saying yes when I don't want to say yes. Or it doesn't show up with, with me not prioritizing myself because, baby, I'm going to prioritize myself. But people pleasing often shows up in how I deal with others emotionally. I like to say it's a um, hazard of the work I do. I'm very tuned in to people emotionally and I'm very tuned in to the story that people tell themselves, the assumptions that people make. And so often when I don't address something or when I don't confront something or when I let something slide is because I'm tending to my perception of their emotional needs. And over time, I am neglecting myself because I'm so busy trying to make sure that they are emotionally okay. But baby, this ain't no therapy session for me. So let me, let me get off me, honey. Let me get back on you. No, I'm just kidding. We're all in this together. We are unpacking this together. So I want you to think about that definition. And I want you to honestly assess whether or not you are a people pleaser. And again, let me give you the definition. It's when you do what pleases or benefits everyone else at your own expense. It is an unbalanced response to attending to the needs of others and neglecting your own needs. 
And that definition gets tricky for women of faith. So I want to talk about that for a minute, because as I shared before here on Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends, I have made it clear that we filter our life through the lens of the word of God. And here's the truth. The word of God is countercultural. The word of God goes against what culture tells us. The culture tells women that they don't have to submit to their husband. The culture tells us that our first priority needs to be getting the bag. For my aunties, getting the bag means getting the money. I know y'all didn't know what that meant. <laughs> the culture tells us that it's all about me, myself, and I, and sis. All of that is counter the word of God. The Bible says that our husbands, our husband is the head of our home. Now your husband is the head of the home, not your boyfriend, honey. The Bible didn't say that that dude is the head of your, your household, but your husband is the head of your household. The Bible says that if you want to receive, you have to give. The Bible says if you're done wrong, you have to forgive time and time. It really says 70 over 70. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to go study that scripture. But again, this ain't therapy for me. <laughs> so the word of God is countercultural to the world. And so when you think about people pleasing and that definition says when we please or benefit everyone else at your own exp expense, or it's an unbalanced response to attending to the needs of others and neglecting your own needs, you are probably thinking, yes, that's the whole point in being a Jesus follower. And I hear you. And the truth is following Jesus does mean a life of self-sacrifice. Again, following Jesus does mean a life of self-sacrifice. The scripture that God has me studying right now is Matthew 16, 25. And it says, any of you who tries to save your life will lose it. But you who give up your life for me will find your life, baby. It is, I mean, when I tell you God is dealing with me on this scripture. And that's not the only verse that can challenge this conversation. This isn't Bible study, but we know that in John, it teaches us to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And Luke teaches us that we are to deny ourselves. So yes, being a follower of Jesus almost that keyword almost, can I tell it to you again? That keyword is almost. Being a follower of Jesus almost could make you think you're supposed to be a people pleaser, but that is a big N-O. Somebody say N-O. Can you act like I can hear you right now and just say N-O, no. Listen, it's one thing to self-sacrifice. It's another thing to self sabotage. People pleasing is toxicity in service. People pleasing is a toxic service trait. People pleasing is often motivated by a desperate attempt to have a need met. And that is often rooted in our wounds. And you are desperately trying to have a need met from other people instead of allowing God to meet your need and heal your wound. Baby girl, you already know that I just preached the words. So I need you to DM me on Instagram, robbing me online and just say, Epi this is all I want you to type. Episode seven, 
Amen. That's what I want you to do. Episode seven. Amen. But you know, I'm going to give it to you again. This is your gifting showing up because you're trying to meet a need that could be a need of wanting to be validated. That could be a need of not wanting someone to get upset. That could be a need of me not wanting to rock the boat. That could be a need for me not wanting to have conflict. I don't know what it is for you. I want you to get the PDF that's associated with this episode. I want you to call up a friend. I want you to talk to your therapist. Girl, join the academy. I want you to unpack this so that you can get free. Okay. Now, remember, I said self, self-sacrifice is a key Christian value, but people-pleasing is toxicity in service. People-pleasing often means you have little to no boundaries but don't worry about it because i'm going to talk about that in a minute too now i want to dive into the six reasons that often trigger people pleasing behavior remember i want you to practice pausing and paying attention so that you can discover your patterns of behavior your patterns are often motivated by your internal dialogue the conversations you have with you and often we're moving so fast that we don't get quiet enough to hear what we are saying to ourselves and so when life isn't going the way we want it to go we're scrambling to fix it and often we're fixing the symptom and not the root so i want you to slow down i want you to get curious enough to see what is really happening with you So here are six reasons you may be people pleasing. I want you to listen to these six reasons and I want you to DM me at Robin May Online on Instagram and let me know which of these six reasons resonate with you the most. Okay, here is reason number one, you may be people pleasing. You could be copying a learned behavior. One of the reasons you may be struggling with people pleasing is that you are copying a learned behavior. Your mama was a people pleaser. Your grandmama was a people pleaser. Your cousin, your sister, and your auntie. I did say auntie. I'm from Texas. All the women in your family did it. And so that's what you are doing. Listen, they worked themselves to death. They were always going and doing. And here's the truth. You highly respect your mom. You highly respect your grandmother. You highly respect your auntie. And because you respect them and you value them, you find yourself doing what they always did. Listen, I share this principle often. In our lives, we're either repeating what we saw growing up or we're trying to get as far away from what we saw growing up. And often we're doing a combination of both. And so one of the reasons you may be people pleasing is that you're simply copying a learned behavior. But watch this, your mama really didn't know any better. She was only doing what her mama did. Your grandmama didn't know any better. She was only doing what her mother did. Nobody taught them any different. So they're only doing what they saw and you are continuing the pattern. But I want you to understand that your mama and your grandmama are probably sitting on my therapeutic couch, honey. They're sitting on somebody's couch and they are exhausted. They are tired and they want you to do differently than what they did, even if they can't fully articulate it. Listen, you are continuing in a pattern because you have deemed that pattern 
consciously or subconsciously as honorable. But listen, they paid the price so that you could be the one to interrupt that generational pattern. And listen, if you are a mom, if you are a grandmom, if you are a godmom, somebody is watching you. And so you can show up differently so that they can know they show up differently. Number two, the second reason you may be people pleasing is we talked about this in the beginning. You are driven by an emotional longing or an emotional need. What's motivating you to do what you're doing is that you're driven by an emotional need. What do I mean? We are often desiring something and because we're desiring that so much, we think the channel through which we're going to receive that is through saying yes, even when saying yes is just too much for us. You may be longing for acceptance, for support, to have a certain reputation. I want people to see me in a certain way, to have attention, to be in the in crowd, for people to want you to be around, for your grown children to want to be around you, for your husband not to leave you, for you to feel a connection. You don't want to feel abandoned by people, for your mom to see you as a good daughter. I don't know what it is for you. I may not have come down your street, but honey, you know I'm in your subdivision. I want you to fill in the blank. The next time you find yourself people pleasing, I want you to pause and say, what is motivating my behavior? What is the need that I'm trying to get fulfilled? Why am I afraid? What am I afraid will happen if I don't do this? Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself because I am going to give you the six questions you can ask yourself about each of these. So let's keep going. Reason number three, you may be people pleasing as is because as a woman of faith, you may be people pleasing because you have an unbalanced or like I talked about an unconsecrated spiritual gift. I explained what an unconsecrated spiritual gift is, but I want to give you an example. Let's say you have a spiritual gift of hospitality. Well, when you are out of balance, you are not allowing that gift to be guided by God. So you find yourself serving out of your own strength. And because you're doing all the things all the time, you are wondering why you are so worn out. The Bible says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you are constantly feeling burdened, the question is, what burden are you carrying? Your spiritual gift has to be directed and guided by God. Do you know that sometimes you could be helping and you're really hindering? You could be thinking you're supporting, but you're really sabotaging. That's what happens when you jump in without praying first. So you find yourself doing all the things that you already know you're gifted to do, but because it's not filtered or guided by God, you're doing it in your own strength. All right, sis, I'm gonna leave you alone. Let me keep going. Reason number four. The fourth reason you may be people pleasing is that you have little to no boundaries. Y'all, in episode six, I made a big statement. I said this, a consistent pattern where you lack boundaries shows a lack of personal commitment and a lack of discipline to know what is okay and what is not okay for you and a disregard of the commitment to follow through for you. I know that was a mouthful, but I've talked about that in episode six, but I really want you to understand that. A lack of boundaries is not about them, sis. A lack of boundaries is about you. 
Jesus himself had boundaries. Y'all, he used to get away from the crowd all the time. Now, remember, there are rigid boundaries, there are loose boundaries, and there are flexible boundaries. And it's important for you to evaluate your boundaries to see which one you exhibit most often. Like I said, Jesus set boundaries. There's a story in Matthew where it talks about how Jesus was exhausted and he had told the disciples, come on, let's get away so that we can go rest. But then he came upon a crowd and it says that Jesus's heart was moved with compassion. So he stopped and he took care of the crowd. So Jesus didn't have rigid boundaries. When he saw a need and he felt compelled to meet that need, he did. He had very flexible boundaries. He said, okay, you know what? I am tired, but let me do this real quick. But then after they took care of the people, you know what Jesus did? He said, now remember, we're about to go, let's go. Let's, let's keep going. Let's go rest. And not only did he go rest, he even got away from the disciples for a little bit so he could rest some more and pray. So in other words, this is not about being rigid. I can't help anybody. I can't do anything. for any No, it's about making sure that your boundaries are healthy. All right, sis, let's keep going. Number five. This is the fifth reason you may be exhibiting people-pleasing behavior. It's this. You have a low tolerance for someone else's response or their reaction to you saying no. So often we say yes, or we give in, or we go with whatever, because we can't emotionally handle what we assume or what we've experienced their response to be. If you say no, are they going to be upset? Are they going to be sad? Are they going to have an attitude? Or I don't want to deal with that, so I just give in. Or they're not going to speak to me. They're going to walk around tense. And so I just give in. If I say no, if I don't do it, if I don't speak up, it's going to be too much drama. So I just suck it up. Often, we have not built what I call our emotional currency to be able to handle the withdrawal from another person. We haven't built up our emotional capacity. We haven't built up our emotional intelligence. When you haven't done your work, you don't have the emotional capacity to deal with their response. And so because you can't deal with it, you just give in. Woo, that was a big one, y'all. Here's the last one. The sixth reason you may be exhibiting people-pleasing behavior. Because not only can we not tolerate their response, Often we can't tolerate or we can't handle our own emotions. See, when we start to set boundaries, when we start to say no, when we start to self-care, we may feel guilty or we may feel shame or we may feel fear. And those emotions are too much for us. And because we can't tolerate that distressing emotion, we automatically assume that because we are feeling that, we've made the wrong decision. But that's not necessarily true, sis. Maybe it is, but it's not necessarily true. That's why you have to understand how to sort through your feelings. Remember, your feelings are not right. Your feelings are not wrong. They're just there to give you information. You get clear about what you're thinking so that you can understand what you're feeling so that you can figure out if the thought needs to be shifted. So because we can't tolerate our own emotions and we haven't sorted through them, we stay stuck in toxic, toxic cycles that are no longer serving us. I know, girl, I know, I know. But I want you to keep listening to this episode, honey, so that you can get free 
Okay, so as we wrap up, let me give you all six again. And as I give you six, the six reasons we might be people pleasing, I'm going to give you a question to ask yourself about each of them. All right, number one, you are copying a learned behavior. Here's the question. What did I see growing up with the people who influenced me the most? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. Number two, you are driven by an emotional longing or an emotional need. I want you to ask yourself, what am I feeling in this moment? You may be people pleasing because you're being driven by an emotional need. Ask yourself, what am I feeling at this moment? I want you to identify the feeling word and then ask yourself, what do I really need in this moment? Number three, as a woman of faith, you may be people pleasing because you have an unbalanced or an unconsecrated spiritual gift. I want you to ask yourself, what is my spiritual gift and have i asked god to consecrate that gift or have i asked god how he wants me to show up in this moment here's number four the fourth reason you may be people pleasing is you have little to no boundaries so here's the question is this decision exhibiting rigid loose or flexible boundaries here's another question if jesus set boundaries why don't i Girl. Okay, let's keep going. Number five, you have a low tolerance for someone else's response or their reaction to you saying no. Here's the question. What am I afraid will happen if I say no? And then number six, we people please because not only can we not tolerate their response, we can't handle our own emotions. So number six, what is the thought that is triggering what I feel? And is that thought true? All right, girl, we are done, just about done. I wanna give you the six ways you can shift your behavior. I'm gonna go through these very quickly, but remember, you can get the PDF by going to robinmayonline.com slash podcast, scroll down to resources, go to episode seven and get this PDF. Okay, here are six ways to shift the behavior. Number one, if people pleasing is not working for you, I want you to pause. I want you to pause, learn to pause and pay attention to your life. Ask yourself often, why am I doing what I am doing? Stay curious about you so that you are not living on autopilot for the next several weeks. Don't do anything different. Just journal how often you're saying yes when you don't really think you should say yes. I want you just to pay attention to you and why you do what you do. Number two. Before you say yes, I want you to practice saying, let me get back with you on that. Now you may end up doing it anyway, but learning how to practice pausing will give you a moment to assess if this is a commitment you can keep. So before you say yes, say, let me get back with you on that for a minute. Number three, I want you to complete an emotional needs assessment. Knowing your emotional needs is going to be important to you understanding why you do what you do. Now, this is different from love languages. This is emotional needs. Do you have an emotional need of approval or encouragement or support? I want you to understand your emotional needs. I am going to include an emotional needs assessment on the resources tab. So again, go to robinmayonline.com slash podcast, scroll down to resources and go to episode seven, and there will be an emotional needs assessment that you can take. 
Number four, I want you to be open to accountability. As a matter of fact, I want you to create a lifestyle of accountability. I want you to invite people, not everybody, a select group of people that you can run things by so that you can have them help you understand why you are saying yes. Accountability is a high character value for me. And I'm very clear in this stage of my life, I want people in my life who can help me challenge why I do what I do. And recently I had a situation where I was about to do something for somebody. They didn't even ask me to do it, y'all. I was about to do it and I knew it was going to stress me out, but I was going to do it because of several reasons. <laughs> I was going to do it for several reasons. So I ran it by a three different people, actually three different people. And each of those people separately said, Robin, you're doing the Robin. And I knew what that meant. I was doing something because I was actually being driven by an emotional need and it wasn't healthy. And that person wasn't even asking that of me. And so I want to make sure that you start to make accountability a practice in your life. Number five, I want you to get clear about your values. What do you value? What is important to you? Because your values serve as blinders and it keeps you from over committing and neglecting what matters most. So I want you to get clear on your values. And then lastly, I want you to get a PhD in you. Girl, what do I mean by that? You really have to understand you, why you show up the way you do. What are your emotional needs? What are your triggers? Why does that trigger you? Why does that bother you? I want you to really understand you. What are your deepest values? What are your cognitive distortions? We talk about all of this in the life course. What are your deepest values? What are your cognitive distortions? What is your strength sabotage? I want you to really get clear about you so you can understand why you do what you do. All right, sis. All right. All right. For real. We're done. We are done. We're done. I want you to remember to get the download for this episode. I want you to remember to listen to this episode again. Listen, I hope that you've gotten at least one takeaway from this conversation. If you have, can you make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast? If you listen to this on YouTube, can you subscribe to my YouTube channel? Can you make sure you're following me on Instagram, Robin Mayo Line? I want to make sure this is not a one-way conversation. I want to make sure we're engaging together. So make sure you DM me and let me know your biggest takeaway. Until next time, I want to make sure that you are living intentionally, fully engaged. I'm committed to helping you elevate not just what you do, but who you are. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Intentional Conversations with Robin May and friends. Listen, these conversations are to help you live intentionally, fully engaged, to help you elevate not just what you do, but who you are. And listen, I am committed to being in the trenches with you. If you haven't already, make sure you head on over to youcanlivelife.com slash academy. Yes, girl, the academy doors are open. This is where you get to dive into further conversations on our podcast topics. We get to dive into the trenches of the life course, the course that I have created to help you create the life that you long for. And we get to have monthly office hours where you can ask me any questions you have about all of this. Girl, Life Academy is where we can do life together. So head on over to youcanlivelife.com 
academy.